Super Talk Mississippi media production. Southern Miss fans know the number one stop for Golden Eagle Apparel is Campus Book Mart on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg. Baseball, basketball, football, Campus Book Mart has it covered with clothing to fit the young and old, big and small Golden Eagle in your family. You can visit the store on Hardy Street, shop online at campusbookmart.net, or call in your order and have it mailed to your front door. However you choose to buy, always visit Campus Book Mart first. You won't be sorry. Campus Book Mart and Southern Miss, to the top. I'll pre-record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, new week, new show. Welcome to the Super Talk Eagle Hour. The whole gang here today in Hattiesburg, broadcasting from the Southern Bank Core Studio. Opening segment of the show, sponsored as it is every day by Dickey's Barbecue Pit. Great place to cater the next home baseball series. Dickey's does a fantastic job, and uh, they can cater any size event. So if you got something in mind, uh, be sure you give Dickey's. A call. Jason Baker is going to be talking to us a little later. Don't look up now, but the Lady Eagles have won six of their last seven games, and uh, Jason does the play-by-play. He's going to analyze that for us. Uh, former pitcher Daniel Stewart's going to analyze the opening weekend series in the next segment, and Daniel will be with us every week throughout baseball. Coach Oz will be on the show tomorrow because of a Monday afternoon game today. Very unusual. Starting next week, we'll get into our normal rotation. Coach Oz will be on Monday, and Daniel Stewart will be on Tuesday, but we're going to reverse that up uh, this weekend. Lots to talk about, of course. Baseball opens with a uh, a series win. They win Friday. They win Saturday. Uh, they lose Sunday, which came as a bit of a surprise. We'll talk a little bit more about that. 5,272 tickets sold for the Friday night game, and that breaks a um, opening day record. So congratulations. Softball uh, wins the series against Missouri State. Women's basketball beats Texas State for the first time. Men's basketball also beats Texas State. I want to talk to Kelly a little more later about the common sense we're beginning to see with the Sun Belt and sending the men and women's teams together on some of these road trips. That just seems... Well, let me just say that right now, Kelly. That just seems like a no-brainer to me. And if you're a fan, you know they it's want great. It's yeah, great. And they want to do things to try to encourage uh, attendance at women's games. With all due respect, right? And that's a perfect way to do it. You get a two-for-one deal. Well, and it does increase attendance at women's games. Both both women's games that have been played prior to a doubleheader this year have had nice crowds. So there's the proof in the pudding, right there. There's the proof in the pudding. We'll talk about all of that still to come. Baseball. Wins two out of three to open the weekend. Uh, Kelly, your thoughts? First of all, I know that there's a lot of naysayers out there saying, oh, well, the Eagles, they, they should have killed Maris. They should Look, I don't care who you're playing at the Division One level. It is so hard to sweep anybody. So that's when you do sweep somebody – it's certainly a reason to rejoice, and and but it's the first first games of the year. Even though coaches know who their guys are, you know it could be there. There will be some tweaking of everybody's lineups. You know the first two weeks or so, 
um, before. But when you start conference play, then that's really what you're going to start looking at. But, but yes, are, are the Eagles statistically better than Marist? Yes, but again, Marist has Division One athletes as well. When they have a good game, and some of Southern Miss's players don't. This is going to happen every right. once in a while. Six new players started Friday night. There were at times seven new players on the field. So uh, give them give them time uh, to build some chemistry. Luke, uh, Nico Mazza looked really strong Friday night. Uh, Billy Odom looked like Billy Odom the of the Golden Locks, Kelly. On Saturday, is Harris like the vampire. I mean, the werewolf. The werewolf in London? It was perfect. <laughs> uh, but uh, right now, I think uh, – I think what the coaching staff is going to be looking at as they move on now will be a Sunday starter, you think? Yeah, let's go back and, and just kind of look at what Nico and and Billy did. I thought Nico was, was just dominant. I mean, last last year when he went through sometimes the second or third time around through the order, that's where he really got dinged up. He went five and a third, gave up four hits, did not walk a batter, which is big to me. Eight strikeouts. Um, 85 pitches. And then how about, you know, Colby Allen coming in and throwing the, the rest of the game? They look good. Yeah, he's, um, he's a guy that they've really been excited about coming out, coming out of the bullpen. Um, so yeah, I thought Friday night pitching was, uh, was about as, you know, good as, as you, you could ask. Then, you know, on Saturday, Billy goes six innings and it was a typical, you know, Billy Oldham line. He gave up two runs, gave up the home run, the solo home run. But again, seven strikeouts, so 15 strikeouts. And this is why we feel like the Friday-Saturday combo of these guys, game one and game two, it's almost like a 1A and a 1B. You've got a really, really good thrower, and you've got a really, really good pitcher. I think Billy last week on the show you know, said that he was more of a pitcher you know, than, than he was a thrower. Again, only one walk. So the, your first two starters, a 15-to-1 K-to-walk ratio. Um McCarty English came in. We talk, heard really good things about him. Jake Cook got got uh, in, in a struggle, gave up three runs. But that's the type when you, when you've got a ten to two lead. That's when you get some guys. You throw them out there. You let them start working the the kinks out. So I was thankful for uh, for the lead yesterday. I mean, Sively got hit, um, seven hits, four runs. Again, didn't walk a batter. Golden Eagles over the weekend only walked I think like five batters. You know, and their starters only walked. Um, Sylvia yesterday didn't walk any. So, you know, over the weekend, your starting pitching has a 18 to 1 strikeout to walk ratio. And, P- and pretty good. And you actually shoot for a 3 to 1, right? Yeah. So that's so that tells you where the and, and the the number of walks jumps out to me because I don't care what the ratings are of any team you're playing, if you don't walk people, you have a legitimate chance right. to win. Kelly, how does how does the type of weather they played in Friday night was really cold. Saturday it was just cold all weekend. I mean, how does that affect kids? Well, lots of times they'll be they'll be a little bit uh, they'll be a little bit tight. But usually, this early in the season, coaches prudently, you know, have pitch counts on guys. They're not going to let them go, you know, too far. Especially when you're as, that that's an advantage that Southern Miss is going to have because the bullpen is so deep and they're healthy. You know, everybody's healthy, rare, and ready to go. So I wouldn't expect there to be a lot of overtaxing on arms, uh, regardless of the weather. What? Uh, Diving into it, and Daniel can talk more about this next segment, um, people criticize. Yesterday, there is a, a room for a little criticism for the simple reason that you had nine walks, you left 12 on base, you left the bases loaded in the eighth, you left the bases loaded in the ninth. 
at the same time, there were moments in that game where, Bob, we were talking about it, Petos cranks one down down the right field or down the uh, the right field line right at the first baseman. Um, that well, clears the bases if it gets. Yeah, I mean that, that's two runs. Absolutely, I think I think people looking at it. I think over the weekend the numbers were we walked twenty two times, we got hit eight times. Monastir got hit three of those times. Thankfully, he's okay. There is something to be said for and diving in deeper and understanding that when. The pitching isn't that good from a control standpoint. You're not seeing that many balls in the wheelhouse to hit. And some people say, well, Marish, you know, they out-hit us and all this. Well, when our guys are throwing strikes, there's more pitches to hit. So it's the first weekend of the season. There's no reason to lose your mind. Um, The one thing that I think does bother me slightly, and we brought this up, preseason-wise, is I think early in this season to the mid part of the season, teams are going to be able to steal on the Golden Eagles as we break in two new catchers. Last year with Johnson and Montenegro, you didn't really have to deal with that. So, you didn't really want to try to steal yeah. against them. Yeah, So, I, and I think that's just going to be the growing pains for yeah. Odom and stuff. Well, the old adage is don't let them – you can't steal first. Yeah. Right. So, so if you don't walk them, yeah. they're going to have to earn their way on. So that's the caveat. And, and Maris there. did. I mean, we talked about that. that yeah. Uh, Eighteen to one. Yeah. I mean, that's somebody wants to pick that apart. You just quit watching baseball. And and, you, and it's not if 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 Southern Miss got that many walks and it's stuff in any other game, they probably win. You know, the nine walks and the hit batsman. Super, super positive. I'm really thankful Ozzie Pratt is a golden eagle. <laughs> he really has some he's pop, doesn't good. he? Lewis? And he's, he's, yeah. he's speed. I mean, I think yeah. he's probably our, what, top stealing threat. And I think well, some people would say, why don't you move him to the leadoff? It's because you need that pop, you know, going down. Man, he swings. Mm-hmm. He swings it, yeah. All right, Kelly, three games down. Got Air Force coming in. Pretty good ball club, I think. Uh, and then Missouri State this weekend, another pretty good ball club. Uh, am I right about this? Because I'm not a baseball coach. You got six new players on the field most times. As I said, there were times there were seven. You got to let these guys get some games under their belt together, correct? Yes. Now, a lot of that has been, you know, you tried to develop that in, in practice. It's, to me, more than the chemistry, it's seeing pitchers other than your own guys. Because even when you're practicing against your own guys, you know they're they're not going to try to miss one inside and itch in the ear hole or, or things like that. But now you've got a legitimate enemies, so to speak, you know, throwing at you on the mound. And the fact that we talked about this schedule being so brutal is there's there's just not a lot of uh, sisters of the poor no, on this schedule. Starting so. this week, there's no sister on the poor this week. <laughs> Will sure. uh, Will Armistead to throw against Air Force this afternoon. So I like that. Yeah, the Army versus uh, the Air Force. You know, this yeah. afternoon. Oh, I like um, it. I like that was it. Southern Miss baseball. That uh, Dima Mixon reporting that Air Force is going to throw lefty Ethan Dillinger. He's a freshman. So lefty Will Taylor. Yep. Kept the Eagles in check yesterday, so another opportunity to hit a lefty today. Kudos to the fans. 5,272 tickets sold Friday night. Uh, it was cold. It was windy. It was tough to sit out there. But the fans showed up all three hey, games. And if you got a problem and you're making threats in the stands that you're not going to watch come the Golden Eagles come play, guess what? There's a ton of other people that will gladly glad take your, your tickets. Let's see what Daniel Stewart thinks about opening weekend pitching right after this.
Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, the full gang here in the Southern Bancor studio here at Oak Grove this afternoon. Bob Kelly and Luke. This segment sponsored by Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net. My wife went, of course, and got new. Women get new clothes for everything. So we had to have new clothes for opening weekend. And, of course, they had to have USM on it. Where else would you go but Campus Bookmark? She came out looking really good. And we thank Miss Kathleen for all her kindness and uh, all the wonderful things that she does. All right. We're happy to introduce our baseball analyst for the 2024 season that after this week will be joining us every Tuesday, Daniel Stewart was a Corky Palmer pitcher in 2001-2002, came to USM from Meridian Junior College along with Scott Berry. So uh, Daniel has a lot of history with the program, and what we like about him the most is he slayed Mississippi State every time. Did you say he was a Corky pitcher, Bob? No, I said he was with Corky Palmer. Oh, okay, I got you. But Hill told us us the other day, Luke was there, that, (laughs) that pitchers are so weird he didn't even like being around them. You know what he said, Kelly? They're like punters. Oh, my gosh. Grouped in the same category? Daniel, we're delighted to have you. We were just sitting here talking and uh, kind of looking back on the series, and it was just our or layman's opinions that uh, Nico Mazza looked really good Friday night, very dominant. Uh, Billy Odom looked like Billy Odom that we expect every Saturday, uh, probably still searching right now for a Sunday starter. But just give give us, first of all, your analysis and breakdown of what you saw early on from the pitching staff yeah hey glad to do it glad to be here looking forward to being with you guys the rest of the year so um like you said nico mazza uh and and billy odom they're going to be our most seasoned starters that are coming back so what we got from them is kind of what you can expect they they've got the, the confidence on the mound they've been there before they've done it um good performances from both of them eight strikeouts from mazza uh, i believe odom had seven um you know low walks and didn't give up a ton of hits, got wins. So uh, that's what we are uh, going to see and, and, and should expect from those guys the rest of the year. Bullpen did really well, too. Um, really impressed with J.B. Middleton. Uh, Drunken Miller had a good outing. Colby Allen came in, did well. So um, some of those newer names on the team came in and uh, and did well. So that was always good to see. Yeah, uh, and there are a lot of new faces, aren't there, Daniel? It's, Lots of new faces. It was amazing for me. <laughs> for me to have to get out – the media guy and start seeing who some of these and you know how sometimes we early on struggled with coach ostrander's name sometimes we would say ostrander you know and now know that it's ostrander (laughs) the drucken miller family (laughs) oh you know that kid went through hell yeah well you know he did and and the drucken miller family says would would you got would you media people please make sure that you say druck Druck and not Druck and Miller, correct. Right, right. Uh, you, you brought up one name, and uh, this kid really fascinates me, is, is J.B. Middleton out of Yazoo City. Uh, yeah. You know, 95, 96 on the gun when he was out there uh, this weekend. Uh, and I know the staff's pretty high on him, but he could potentially be the closer with his velocity, correct? Yeah, with that velocity, and, um, you know, you, you can really do some things as a closer role. Uh, throwing that hard too, you know. Hey, from a mentality standpoint, hey, I've got to throw one inning, maybe two. So you can kind of come out and, and throw pretty hard. Whereas in the starter position, maybe trying to save some energy as the game goes on. So yeah. he's he's primed and ready to go. I think as a closer, 
uh, battled some injuries, some I believe last year. So hopefully he can stay healthy this year and fill yeah. that spot for and, and Kelly can respond to this as well as uh, you, Daniel. This is a layman's question. Does a guy like Billy Odom, can he pitch more than a guy like Nico Mazza because Billy's not throwing 94-mile-an-hour pitches? He's he's tricking batters, and as Luke described him, he's not a thrower, he's a pitcher. So can he can he put in more innings than a flamethrower like a Mazza? I, I don't. I don't think there's any uh, correlation there, honestly. Because take a, a runner, for example, running a 5K. Uh, I may that one runner may get there sooner than the other, but they still finish. So um, uh, it, it's going to be how his body is and how his body performs. So. Uh, you know, wear and tear, maybe a little bit more on the yeah. on the harder thrower, but uh, I think both of those guys. Well, great analogy, Daniel, because Kelly knows a lot about marathon <laughs> running. So, would you say that's correct, Kelly? I, I just of experience. Yeah, well, Daniel was talking more about the physical aspect, but from a mental standpoint, the difference between the two obviously is the starter has four or five days to prepare. You know, whereas the, the the start or the reliever, he never you know knows from day to day whether they're going to be used or whether they're not going to be used. So I think starters tend to be more students of the game, you know, uh, and preparing themselves for a marathon rather than a sprint, where the relievers are more sprinters. You know, oh, to use Daniel's analogy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Look, I do. Daniel, on the offensive side, uh, we were trying to, you know, we were. I was nuancing a little bit last um, last segment, talking about the number of walks. Golden Eagle batters got walked and number of times they hit, but they right. were out hit. Um, and that's not right. to say that there weren't some very hard hit balls from the Golden Eagles. But I mean, what do you what do you take away uh, that? Well, you know, what's your what's your thoughts yeah. on that? The fact they were out hitting every game. Uh, it seems that the last two to three years, it's always been the question. We know we're going to be able to pitch well. How are we going to hit? Um, you know, it, it's first weekend, and, uh, you know, it's, it's a little bit uh, not really red flag throwing up yet, but, you know, two hits on, on Friday, four hits yesterday. Um, you know, we hit the ball fairly good on Saturday. I think we got ten hits on Saturday. So, um, you know, like we said earlier, a lot of new faces, a lot of new people coming in, different positions, uh, maybe – used to hitting one or two now they're hitting seven or eight so you know these guys will get together um i don't think it's anything to be concerned about at this point but you do you can't help but notice a two hit game and a four hit game um against the team where we would expect to maybe rattle rattle off a few more hits so it's it's there but it's not concerning just yet ozzy pratt looks really good um yes he does defensively monastery in in center field and well, what about defensively? Um, we we talked about this also. You know, it, breaking in two new catchers, you you may get run on a little bit. But I mean, I thought defensively, you know, Golden Eagles for first weekend pretty good. Yeah, I think so too. I believe we just had three errors all weekend, so that's that's respectable. Um, I, I believe our only home run was also hit by a Stockman. So yeah, yesterday catch we've got. So um, you, you know, that, that's a position that you know Rodrigo has held down for the last few years couple years so um those guys are going to come in got some big shoes to fill still probably feeling out who's going to be the main guy who's going to be the backup and you know how the hit's going to go along with that as well but um overall yeah we, we played great defense I think this weekend um pitchers held runners in check so overall very pleased I just had a real quick question about Billy Butler it's a question I've been getting all day what, what are the Eagles going to do with Billy Butler 
I don't know. I thought the same thing. I was surprised to not see him in the lineup because I know in some of the inter-squad games that were played, I mean, he was hitting a few home runs. So um, I, maybe uh, – I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what's going on there. I'm sure at some point they're going to they're gonna find a spot for him. Uh, but maybe this first weekend just wanted to get some, some time in with some other guys and, uh, and, um, and see how Billy – you know, maybe uh, find a spot later on in the year. It will be interesting to see – what Russo does and what Luke do at first base. Um, first base probably you know one of the easiest uh, infield positions. You know, and, and see if uh, if a Davis Gillespie or Billy Butler because it comes down to it. You you want you want bats in the lineup. You can cover a few defensive woes with with bats at that position in particular. Yeah. Yeah, but I mean yeah. Russo. Russo got on base a lot this weekend. He walked several times and scored some runs. And you know that's a guy yeah. that you you want him to come in come into your own, Daniel. Um, but yeah. it's one of those that you wonder where's the you, you got to find the trade off. You know the balance. You want you you want Davis Gillespie's bat in the lineup, and you want obviously Slade's bat in the lineup. Right. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. You know Russo. I think batted two fifty on the weekend. Uh, scored a bunch of runs. Walked a few times. So. Uh, you know, uh, Coach Oz believes he's the guy to get the start here, and he's going to get the opportunity to earn the position. Uh, Braden Luke, a uh, fellow West Lauderdale guy, I know his dad well. Um, so part of me would like to see him get some time uh, to, to prove himself as well. Did really well, did really well at Meridian last couple of years. So, um, yeah, it, it, like I said earlier, it's early. So yeah. we're still trying to figure out a lot of things. Yeah. But I think Russo's probably got the nod right now, and uh, the other guys are going to have to work to try to try to get there. Sunday starter, um, roll with Sibley again next weekend? Uh, I would say yes, because, you know, you got to give these guys a chance to kind of redeem themselves. Um, yeah, Sibley being a lefty, I, I, Coach Oz probably didn't want to put three righties out there in a row. Um, I, I thought Matt Adams may actually be that Sunday starter, but was happy to see Sibley out there. Did struggle. Um, he's definitely got the ability, as we saw last year, to be a successful pitcher. So I think you you, you make sure he's in that headspace as this week goes on. Get him in his program with the run and throw and get him ready to start next weekend and see how he does. All right, Daniel, we're delighted to have you every week. I'm going to leave you with this little bit of trivia. Most people don't know this, but – the last time the Golden Eagles played a baseball game without a Montenegro or a Lynch on the field, <laughs> Kelly was a senior in high school. It's just amazing. Sat <laughs> at graduation wow. right next to Methuselah. You know. <laughs> hey, Daniel, we're delighted to have you on the team, man. Like, well, you've been on the team since I guess we started this in a sense, but uh, glad, yeah. to ha- glad to have you every Monday, my friend. Yeah, absolutely. I'm looking forward to it. I, g- I guess I got a promotion. Uh, you know, yes, you did. Up, moving up the, the ladder. Working with us? I don't know that I I'd call that. that Daniel. <laughs> I'm going to work on some walk-up music between now and next Monday. Thank you, All Daniel. Right, yeah. Appreciate you, buddy. We can work on that. Thanks, All guys. Right. We'll be right back. Southern Miss to the top. All right, 4th Street Bar and Grill sponsors this segment. You guys don't know this, but I took the sales guys to lunch there Friday. Had the catfish, the coleslaw, the french fries. On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm giving it like a 9.5. 
about a nine five. Not only do we not get paid for this show, Kelly, we don't get invited to all the lunches either. <laughs> yeah, would, would since we didn't get to go, would we care? What the? But see, the sales guys generate the cash that pays your high salaries. Oh well, then it's worth it. Then all right, yeah. Four Street Bar and Grill is where I had lunch Friday. Did yeah. I tell you all that? Yeah, you did. Okay, and it told was, us how uh, good it was. It was really good. Uh, and you can do the same thing every Friday when it's Catfish Friday. There wasn't a person in the place that wasn't eating catfish, so that tells you something. Well, it's Catfish yeah. Friday. Also, I want to say hello to our good friends at Genesis of Hattiesburg, the official auto dealer of the Eagle Hour. Genesis sedans and SUVs are the finest on the road, and coming soon the new showroom. And if you haven't seen the new Genesis showroom on Highway 98, it is beautiful. And you need to ride by there at night. The way it's lit up inside, it's really, really nice. I, I think this will be the prettiest building in Hattiesburg, uh, Genesis of Hattiesburg. All right, uh, don't look up now, but the Lady Eagle basketball team has won six of its last seven games. And uh, so coming on the show to analyze that for us is the play-by-play voice of uh, Lady Eagle basketball, Jason Baker. Jason, before we get to the floor, and I think the young ladies are playing really well, clarify if you can for our listeners what is the status of the suspensions from the fight the other night? Because clearly there were still some players not available Saturday. That's right. So uh, you had three players serve a one-game suspension on Saturday. Those three were Lonnie Cornfield, Brakela Gray, and Asia Leak. Those three still have another game to go. Um, that'll be served at a later date and time. Um and so then you've got Dominique Davis, who will serve a suspension at a later date and time as well. Luckily, with the conference, you are allowed to sort of um, spread those suspensions out. Uh, so you don't have to all serve them at once. You don't have to serve them consecutively. And uh, so it's, it's not just complete detriment to the team. Um, it's more of an individualized type consequence. And so they just specifically allow these coaches – to do it, and they tell them it must be served before we hit conference tournament time. If you recall last year, during the little brouhaha in baseball, Scott Berry was able to move suspensions around amongst his team uh, throughout a so many period day time, and uh, you just kind of randomly would show up to the park and someone would not be in the lineup and you knew they were serving the suspension from that. The same will be allowed of Joy Lee, Lee McNellis's ball club, and so She's going to choose to spread those out. Those three on Saturday did go ahead and serve uh, one of their game suspensions. They'll have another one. Uh, and then, of course, Dom will serve a suspension as well. Coach McNellis talked about in her post-game press conference, she just said, we apologize, it was unfortunate, it will never happen again. But, Jason, she never really elaborated on, on what exactly happened. What was the trigger? Well, uh, clearly an Arkansas State girl and uh, Dom Davis were not uh, exchanging phone numbers on the court, and uh, they were just tangled up. There was a, a foul that was called. The, the unique part about this, guys, is um, I believe a foul was assessed on Dom Davis, which as bad as the fight was, in my opinion, the call on the floor is probably worse because the girl from Arkansas State in Medgray went over the back of Dom Davis, and Dom got wrapped up in her arm, and um, they just kind of were tangled in moving their momentum towards the Lady Eagle bench. Uh, and then the next thing you know, um, I guess some words were exchanged, and the girl from Arkansas State clearly shoves Dom to the floor. Um, and then, you know, any time that you're going to push a player like that, uh, you know, to the floor physically in front of two feet from Dom's teammates, uh, Dom's mm-hmm. loved by her teammates, and her teammates obviously had her back. And 
henceforth that's that's the situation that transpired right there if it was in the middle of the floor i don't think we would have seen anything other than maybe a couple of technical fouls assessed because i don't think you would have seen what you saw but it was because it was at the bench and there was nowhere to go right i mean your teammates and coaches are sitting there seated in these chairs there's just not a lot of room and a lot of space on a basketball floor for you know any other kind of ruckus like that to take place and so you know it was just like a perfect storm right into the Lady Eagle bench. I think if Arkansas, right. if it would have happened on the Arkansas State bench and Dom was pushing that girl to the floor, you'd have probably seen a right. lot more suspensions on the Arkansas State side. Now, Jason, you have to be more diplomatic than me because you do the play-by-play. I don't have to be diplomatic. The girl from <laughs> Arkansas State started the fight, and you're telling sure. me that she got suspended for one game, and she's the instigator of the entire thing. Yeah, my understanding right now is uh, it's one game for her. Um I believe it's going to be one game for Dom Davis, and then the other three uh, Lady Eagles still have another game to go. That is uh, the last that I've been told. Um, and so, in, and actually, that one game is NC2A mandated. That's in result of the ejection. And then the remaining games of whatever players take, however many more games they have, is passed down from the Sunbelt Conference. And so that's. That's my understanding of it, and the NC2A does allow. That's why Dom was able to play Saturday uh, was because the NC2A doesn't say it must be the next game. I think there was maybe some controversy on social media about, oh, well, you know, Dom's playing her final game in Reed Green. She's going to miss it, and that's not the case. They right. The Lady Eagles were allowed to move that. So that, that was positive that Dom got to play her final game in Reed Green, and she didn't have to miss it because of that nonsense. The other positive from it, I think, Jason, is the way some of the kids like Emma Walhoff and others who haven't been on the floor hardly at all, those kids have stepped up and won two games. Yeah, I agree, Bob. I think it's, you know, sometimes when um, when you're without some of your key players, I mean, look, without Lonnie Cornfield and without Don Davis, the only point guard on that floor that remotely plays point guard is Nyla Jean. She's had to step up big for this club and has. Mm-hmm. Um, and so sometimes I think, you know, it's it's a motivating factor when you lose your, you know, quote-unquote star players, you know, and Lonnie and Dom, it, it sort of makes everybody realize, hey, it's time to step my game up. And I don't I don't look at it as a negative right now for Southern Miss um, because, hey, it's developed a little depth. I believe Ellie Blatchford is probably the biggest benefactor of this whole situation. Her minutes have multiplied in, you know, amazingly uh, of the situation and they will continue she's played really good defensive basketball box right. people out she hasn't scored a lot but that's okay i think she's playing more of a defensive style that that kind of suits the way the lady eagles like to play jason luke here um get ulm back missy Builderbacks ladies eight and six tied with the lady eagles um lady eagles trying to avenge back on january 20th a 12 point defeat what do they got to do thursday well, the first thing they need to do is contain Nunu Bradford. She's a player of the year candidate in the Sunbelt Conference. Obviously, she played for Missy Builder back at Jones College, so there was a connection there. They need to make sure that they slow Nunu down. I don't think it's a situation where you stop her, Luke, but we can't have her go, you know, say above 16 points on Thursday night. And then I'll tell you the other key to me, I thought in the first matchup was former Lady Eagle Lauren Gross was in rhythm and hit a couple really big threes. She hit one that I can just recall off the top of my head, Luke, late in that third quarter. And I even described it on the on the radio call that it was a dagger. Like, it was just one of those, 
you know, certain three-pointers mean a little more, and, and that one seemed to really mean a lot. And it uh, it almost felt like more than three points, to be honest with you, when she hit it and, and put the Lady Eagles down. And so I just think, you know, you got to make sure you've got a hand in her face. They don't shoot a ton of threes. And so when they're shooting them, you just need to make sure you've got great defense in, their, in her face and just make sure she's not hitting ones that – that's going to send the lid off the plates or put the crowd, you know, into it. You just you just want to make sure you limit, you know, what kind of look she gets at the rim. And then, you know, I, I understand. I think we'll have all of our pieces on Thursday, and I think we need to get back in a good offensive rhythm and and understand that, you know, Monroe's going to want to try to push this game into the upper 70s, upper 80s, and I just don't know that that's the style we want to play. So it's more, you know, on us to try to control it, play in the upper 60s, lower 70s. Because this is the big one. I mean, I know it's the next one on the schedule, but the other three remaining, Arkansas State, Texas State, Louisiana, you've beat all those teams. And this game could possibly determine whether the Lady Eagles finish with 11 or 12 wins in, in the regular season. And, you know, they could kind of push maybe for, for that, that bye if they were to finish strong and a couple of things bounce their way with other teams. Oh, 1,000%, Luke. It's, it's everything. Yeah, Thursday night is, uh, you know, for the Lady Eagles, it's everything. And, and, of course, I think Saturday will turn to feel like that if you're, you're successful on Thursday. But you got to win Thursday. We, we have no room for error, and that's our fault uh, for the way we started conference play. And I think this team has kind of embraced that, like, hey, we put ourselves in a corner, but you know what? We're fixing to battle ourselves out of this corner. And we need some help, but luckily the help that we need is playing each other on the other side. So, for instance, we – really need to end up in a tie with Georgia State for that four seed, and we can have a double bye. We have the tiebreaker over Georgia State. Luckily, they still have a matchup with Marshall left. They still have a matchup with JMU left and ODU. So we've we've got the right pieces playing each other to help us down the stretch. The biggest thing for us is we must take care of ourselves and our business first. We cannot lose. If you lose, there's, in my opinion, Luke, I just don't think there's any – mathematical scenario unless the other teams just bomb, which is not going to be the case down the stretch. If you lose, you're just not going to get to the four seed. You could be a five or a six, but that really does you no good. You want that double buy, and, and you don't want to have to play until I think it's Thursday, I think is when you have to play those games. All right, Jason, we appreciate it, man, very much. We'll, uh, we'll stay in touch and uh, be back with you to analyze uh, this long road trip. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks, Bob. All right, Jason Baker, everybody. Play-by-play voice. Lady Eagle basketball. We're going to wrap up the weekend. I see Luke's been working on his stats the whole time we're here at Kelly, so he's ready to go. He's our numbers guy. He's a numbers man. Luke Jones. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Final segment on a Monday. Brought to you by D-Bat Hattiesburg. D-BatHattiesburg.com. Great facilities. Batting cages. Pro shop. Instruction. It's all at D-Bat. D-BatHattiesburg.com. Luke Johnson. Bob Getty. Kelly Center. From the Southern Bancor Studios in Hattiesburg. All together today. Some news and notes. Southern Miss indoor track and field is uh, about, or just got underway, about 23 minutes ago, the indoor track and field uh, championships in Birmingham. 
The uh, schedule just began at 1.30. Running events uh, start in uh, in about a little over an hour at 3.05. And, of course, like all Sunbelt events, you can watch that on ESPN+. Plus. Women's golf um, in the Great River Cup at the Windance Country Club, sponsored by the University of Louisiana at Monroe. It is, uh, it's like match play. Southern Miss taking on Little Rock. They're on the same side of the bracket as ULM and UAB. James Madison, Houston Christian, Memphis, and Georgia State on the other side. Coach Lucy Nunn-Burke and her ladies uh, competing the next um, two days. Softball gets a series win over the weekend. They drop the Friday or the first game in Saturday 3 to 2 and then respond back 9 to 2. And yesterday in dramatic walk-off fashion, junior Rihanna Valdivia hit a walk-off sacrifice fly to lift the Golden Eagles to a 4 to 3 victory. So Lady Eagles uh, even their record back up at 4 and 4 and will get ready this Friday for the Jacksonville State Classic up in Jacksonville, Alabama, where they will take on Southern Indiana, Jack State, Belmont, Sanford, and Southern Indiana. Sunbelt baseball over the weekend, a full slate of games. Golden Eagles, of course, take two or three from Marist. Old Dominion sweeps George Washington. Arkansas uh, knocks uh, James Madison down two out of three games in Fayetteville. Marshall swept by College of Charleston. Georgia State drops two of three to UNO down in New Orleans. Appalachian State takes two of three at Gardner-Webb. Troy played SIUE. That is Southern Illinois University of somewhere. Edwardsville. Edwardsville. There you go. Troy played them four games, took three of four. Um, ULM dropped two of three to Missouri State, the Golden Eagles opponents this weekend. Georgia Southern dropped two of three at home to Maryland. Arkansas State swept Omaha, three games to none. Texas State swept Youngstown State, three games to none. Louisiana Lafayette defeated Wright State, two out of three games. And South Alabama uh, swept North Alabama, Lamar, and Southern Indiana. Coastal Carolina, three games. Lost two. Lost two of the three. They beat George Mason, then lost to Indiana, and then lost to Duke. Yeah, did you see the first score, the the first – Game, yeah, twenty twenty six to nothing. Yes, broke up a uh, no hitter in the uh, the ninth. They lost. Did, they lost. Did, no, 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 they, they, they won, won. twenty six nothing. All right, final uh, final comment from me on this day. How about Andre Curbelo Saturday? Um, Juan Cardona said after the game, he came in Friday morning, waiting for him in his office. Says I'm not a hundred percent, but I got to play. Twenty four points, Golden Eagles. Um, defeat Texas State 78-74 and what I thought was a very very scrappy win for the Golden Eagles. And look, let's face it, they don't win that game. The the chances of them getting a 4 seed minimal. Uh and now so you got you got two series left. You got four games left. You haven't played South Al at either place and you haven't played Louisiana at either place. South Alabama a lower tier team. Louisiana is going to be one of those teams battling for the 4 seed. Any time in sports, and you know this, Luke, you want you want to have the ability to do your own dirty work, and the Eagles have a chance to do that. But man, it just seems like they're dropping like flies. You know, Ivory now out. You know, with his, his Waco pulled up uh, maybe a hamstring or something. Yeah, it, so it's a good thing that Curbelo got back in because I think the Eagles at one point were down to nine players. And Eagles is he's playing better, isn't it? He, is. he sure is, and, that, is. and that's been it was a, it was an amazing second half. They're down thirty eight thirty three at the at the half. Scored forty five points in the second half. Outscored Texas State forty five thirty six. The the standings. 
App State twelve and two, James Madison eleven and three, Troy also eleven and three, Louisiana nine and five, and Southern Miss tied with Arkansas State eight and six. To your point, Kelly, South Alabama is five and nine. Yeah. So two tough ones against the Cajuns, but certainly you you're you're there in the standings and you but got it, a chance to get to eleven or twelve wins. But it's South Al. If it was anybody else other than South Al, you you'd be thinking, okay, we're sitting pretty good here. But there is some revenge factor we have not faced them since they knocked us out of the tournament last year the eagles have got to win both of the games of south al and split with louisiana so at the very I'm reading worst this right four games left and it's against two teams correct south yep. alabama and the raging cajuns on home and home series could yeah. there be any worse scenario for a southern <laughs> no, miss team no. huh? could there and the fact that south alabama who's not going to lock down one of the four seeds has the opportunity to knock the eagles out again of a four seed they, like they, they did last year they wouldn't do that yeah they they live for it yeah you know coach oz on the show tomorrow extended interview with the wizard of oz wednesday we're in laurel luke's hometown we're going to be at Planet Fitness. You need to come because Kelly's going to be doing demonstrations of curls and powerlifting. No, I'm, right? I'm going to be there taking some before pictures. Hey, it's a no uh, judgment no <laughs> judgment zone, so we, we can't say anything disparaging on the air to Kelly. Bob. No judgment, Kelly. No judgments come Wednesday. I told you, best uh, most abs in the last bodybuilding contest. You know, <laughs> we're looking forward. <laughs> we're going to be in Laurel a lot this week, and we're we're always happy about that. Back tomorrow at one o'clock. Baseball at four o'clock. Until tomorrow, Southern Miss to the to top. The top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping, slipping into the future. Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.